Hello guys, welcome to the second episode of Eternal Agency Talks. Today we have a very special guest. We have Ashley Carr today, president and co-founder of the Coventry University Investment Society, business advisor, financial advisor. He's already a landlord. Well, he's been a landlord for a long time. He's only 25 years old. He has a very nice uh, investment portfolio. He's done a, a lot of great things uh, past the years. He's a very wise and a smart guy, and I'm really pleased to have him in my second episode. Thank you very much, Eugenio. What an introduction. Thank you <laughs> Tell me, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing very good. It's been a busy day, busy day, but uh, yeah, enjoying it. And yeah, really pleased to be on here with you now. Really pleased. I love what you're doing and uh, shout out to any, everyone watching and supporting Eugenio. If you know him, you know what a nice guy he is. And uh, yeah, really, really encouraging stuff that you're doing, mate. Really, really love it. Thank you, man. You know, I'm just trying to help people, trying to educate people. And also I'm, I'm learning myself, you know, I'm, I'm getting information firsthand, which is better than anything. Cause you know, normally you talking to the person that is passing you like so much knowledge, you know, you don't need to go and search it. You're talking with someone that understands it and knows how to play around it and knows how to explain it in a better way. You know, it's, it's the best way of learning, talking to people through their experiences and then trying it yourself with your own style, if you know what I mean. Mm. Especially people that your viewers can relate to, because I think there's a lot of people on YouTube that, um, you know, they, you don't really see the come up. You just kind of see them on Instagram and they've made it. But I think it's really good that you're speaking to people that are on the way up that, you know, people like students and athletes can relate to. Um, I think that's really, really good. I think that's really, really good. That's why I bring any, I'm honestly, I will bring anyone to my channel that could add value. It doesn't matter in which point are you. It doesn't matter if you are in stage one, stage two or stage three, or, or, you know, or you already made it and you have everything you wanted or you are about to, or you don't know how to is anyone that could bring some value to the channel. You know, I'm just looking for people that could implement something special and that people could learn from it. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm hoping to do today, give value. I hope your viewers are going to enjoy what I've got to say. And even if, if they just take away one or two ideas, you know, thinking about something differently or, or you know, the one or two habits that they're going to take away that I recommend, um, that just brings me joy. So I really hope that uh, I'm able to give some value to your listeners today. I'm very sure people will learn a lot from this uh, video today. Um, guys, the reason that Ashley is here is because we want to show and also like introduce some, some tips and some techniques as strategies maybe that you guys could apply. Uh, this goes for students that you, you want to, let's say, how to make more money, where to invest, you know, like, it's like a beginners. It also could work for people that are in the middle way that are like in an intermediate level. But this goes especially for students, for let's say athletes, because uh, that's the my main aim. Athletes that want to put more money into training, into let's say you guys want to get a personal trainer for improving your skills, but you don't have enough money. How could you make enough money to get that trainer? Uh, you want a nutritionist to improve your 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 health. Nutritionists are very expensive. How you could make more money for that, you know? 
how to improve your uh, skills, your body in order to get to that professional level in an easier way and in a better shape, let's say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me, Ashley, we're going to start like with something very basic. What do you think investment you think is a hard thing or is an easy thing? There's a really fantastic quote by Warren Buffett that says investing is simple but not easy. The actual ideas around investing are simple. You invest money in a stock via a broker and it goes up or down. It's, it's a simple thing to, to get your head around. However, putting it in practice, it's not easy. You know, uh, there's, there's lots of things that are involved. Um, the main thing that you have to deal with as an investor is the wider market. So markets are, are driven by fear and greed. It's the two main human emotions that markets are driven by. And they're the mo- two most dangerous emotions that humans have, but they're, they're really visible in the stock market. Um, we saw this recently with GameStop. Um, you know, the greed of people trying to um, get involved uh, and try and jump on the bandwagon and as it was going up, but then it was, it was going down again, you know, the fear sets in and like, oh my gosh, it's going down again. You know, what am I going to do? I need to sell, 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 sell. So that's the biggest thing that you have to deal with as an investor is actually the fact that you're human and the fact that you have um, emotions that you have to, to deal with. Um, so my, my answer is it's, it's simple. Um, but it's definitely, definitely not easy. Guys, I made, uh, it's a very simple question. What I just asked Ashley and he just gave us ton and stunning <laughs> answer to that. Um, it takes courage to start something. Uh, but sometimes the rewards or the results pay off, but this is all, this is for athletes. Let's say when we, go out there, let's say to the court, to the pitch, to the, to the boxing ring, whatever sport you do, you are also in the same situation as, as a broker or as an investor. So you go there and you always need to know and be in control of the situation. So you need always to be, you need always to have your mind clear. Mm. So it's the same thing. It's a lot of like um, self-awareness and always like control the situation and don't follow don't follow the crowd you always need to follow your own style in an order like because if you follow crowds you're gonna you're gonna follow trend and normally it's not good to follow trend you need to have your do your own research and go your own well your own way even if that means going solo and my question now is Ashley why do you think there is still people out there that they think that let's say a stocks Our, our investment is a bit of a trap that why is, why, why is still people out there that they don't trust investment as something? Well, a lot of it stems from the history of, of brokering and investments. It's, and a, a prime example is the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, you know, there was a time where the, the, the scenes that you saw in the Wolf of Wall Street were not just in that particular firm, but everywhere. You know, people were, were selling dodgy things and there was dodgy investments being sold when they shouldn't have been sold. And so our parents' generation yeah. don't have a very good opinion of, of investing. 
um, as, as maybe you guys, the viewers have experienced as well. You know, if you, if I remember when I first told my mom I wanted to start investing and she thought it was, you know, crazy and, you know, it's just gambling. It's like, you know, money. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you may as well go to Las Vegas instead or, you know, something like that. <laughs> well, I think it's just this reputation that investing has had. Luckily, I think that's starting to change now mm-hmm. because people are able to be in control of their investments more thanks to the internet. Back in the day, you would have to go to some guy that would do, or, school, or woman, uh, who would do your investing for you. Um, but nowadays, I can open an account with my phone open an account with, within about 30 seconds and actually be in charge of my own investments. So now I think things are starting to change. So that would be my advice to your viewers. And you've mentioned it brilliantly already is to actually be in control of yourself, take your own decisions, your own responsibilities on board and your own thoughts when you're investing. Um, so I think that's, that's why there's still a negative image of investing, but I'm glad yeah. that it's now starting to, to change, thankfully. I think we also have like a very negative image because there is a lot of guys out there because let's say internet is great. Technology, you know, like progressing is something amazing. It makes us better. It makes our lives easier. But also there are some people that take advantage of that because you could, you could, you can see so many people out there selling a small kind of steam out there in social media. Like, you know, guys that will have like, a certain company, a certain investment course or, you know, these kind of things that we see lately that people are trying to sell a product that it really doesn't exist. So you guys always need to be careful when you go out there. But as we were saying, it's so easy today and anyone could invest. That's why I think it's great that you you can be from your home sitting down and you could be investing in the stocks and creating a future for yourself you know but you need to also be also as we were saying before be clear and know what you want and don't just put money in the stocks because many people just follow two three guys on social media they follow their advice which is not wrong some people have give very good advice but some others they don't know what they're talking about and you guys will listen to them you will put your money even if it's a little money, you will put it away without knowing what you're doing with this. So read books and, you know, get some knowledge. Alice, Ashley, could you maybe recommend us which books, let's say the first five books, someone will, will need to read to understand a bit of like investment, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do. And, and before I tell you, I just wanted to bring up your point Yeah, um, is if, uh, if someone follows advice all the time, they don't learn anything. Um, if you make your own mistakes, good and or your own successes, you know, in investing, um, then you learn from them. Okay, this went really well. This was because of X or this didn't go well. Um, I lost a bit of money on this investment. And I know this now because I did Z wrong. You see what I mean? So there's this there's this greater learning path from from doing it from ourselves and making our own mistakes and successes. Um, so that's something else I wanted to raise. So top five books. Number one, and I think you know what I'm going to say, Eugenio, is Rich Dad Poor Dad. One hundred percent, without a doubt. Um, it will change your mindset of money entirely. It's 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 the most powerful book I've ever read on money. 
And luckily for me, it was my first book I ever read on money. So literally, as soon as I, I, I read that, things just clicked. And I was like, wow, you know, um, I won't spoil the book too much for you. But essentially, the, the author, Robert Kiyosaki, says that we should be using our money to buy assets. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's a great author. Great author. He's, he's great. He's great. Uh, for sure. Um, sorry for interrupting you. Um, people sometimes don't realize how much one of these can change your life. Mm. And you know, guys, honestly, this is three hours, four hours. If you are a slow reader, five hours of your time. Come on, guys. You spend like 10 times more watching Netflix or watching some <laughs> stupid content on internet. So, you know, and even if you don't like reading books, there is so many audio books. There are so many videos out there. So is the information is, is there guys, you just need to go and grab it and take it. And as Ashley was saying before, you could apply others techniques or strategies, but for you, they're never going to work the same way. And you cannot avoid the mistakes other people do. You need to do your own mistakes so you taste how bad it is to lose, how bad it is to make the things wrong. But it's nothing wrong about that. Many, many successful guys went bankrupt and then went to billionaires straight away. So it's nothing wrong. It's part of life. Mm. So, yeah. Sorry for interrupting you, brother. Carry on with the list and please give me the answer. Thank you. No, 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 that's fine. That's a really, really good point. Um, I was just going to say the, the basic premise of Rich Dad, Poor Dad is to use your money to buy things that are going to go up in value and to not buy things that are going to go down in value. So if I was to give someone, you know, £10,000, for example, chances are they'd buy like a new, uh, maybe a new, like, well, not a new car, but a secondhand car, maybe a new phone, new clothes. All of these things, as soon as you purchase them, are worth less. The minute you purchase them, they're worth less. However, the 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 wealthy mindset, the rich mindset is if, if they get £10,000, they, they use it to buy things that are going to go up in value. So this could be anything from art, you know, something obscure like art, like antique art, or even, you know, more conventional things like stocks, um, a deposit for like a real estate, eventually, you know, t- you, investing in things that are going to go up in value. So that's the basic premise of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And as soon as I thought about that and thought about how impactful that is changed changed everything changed absolutely everything so i hope it has the same effect for you readers if you if you read it for the same uh, for the first time so that's number one that's the foundation of um of the financial mindset i would say um and while i'm on mindset i also want to talk about it it might not be number two but it's definitely in the top five is a, a book on habits because your financial habits which we'll hopefully talk about later is and your 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 attitude and your the way you think about money is is even more important than the technical knowledge about how to invest and doing this and doing that you know your attitude and your habits towards money or anything so i recommend highly uh this book called atomic habits by james clear and you can apply it not just to financial habits but any kind of habits that you're trying to do you know losing weight uh, um stopping smoking or you know or any any kind of habits that you want to you want to build um so you can definitely apply this to to finances 
Uh, so book number three, I would say, is The Little Book of Behavioral Investing. It's quite a long title, but it's a short book. Um, the Little Book of Behavioral Investing. And this, again, talks about the psychology behind investing. So we've spoken about it a little bit already. So we're trying to avoid crowds, um, trying to not anchor ourselves to like a particular price. It gets a, a little bit um, technical, but it, it explains it in a really easy way. And it's only 200 pages. Uh, so that's something I'd recommend as, as like a beginner level. For a beginner level on actual stock investing, I'd recommend One Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch. I think I've seen you with that book, Eugenio, before. Yeah, I have it. I have it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really good. Eugenio can probably back me up here. You know, it's, it explains things very clearly and, um, you know, it's, it's aimed at a beginner. It's not too, too technical. Um, so that's really good as well. Then when we start to really pick up our interest in investing, I would recommend something called the intelligent investor, which is basically known as the Bible really of investing. Um, Warren Buffett, the best investor that's ever lived, says that it's the best book on investing ever lived. So you really need to pay attention when he says that. Um, one little warning. It is a bit of a difficult read because it was written in 1957. Um, but at the end of every chapter, there's a commentary by a modern author just kind of explaining what you've been reading about in a bit more detail and a bit more modern language. Um, but I would really recommend that once you do start to think about, okay, I really want to get serious with investing. I really want to actually take it to the next level and, and, you know, start to invest for myself properly. Um, and then book number five, uh, I would say when you're, um, you want to think about different strategies of investment, there's a book out there called the investors anthology. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And basically this, this outlines different famous investors and how they invest. So you, this is really, really good for you once you're at a decent level and you think, okay, how do I, what strategy do I want to use when investing? Do I want to invest in growth stocks? Do I want to invest in value stocks? You know, what kind of things do I want to actually invest in? Where do, what direction do I want to take my investing? I would recommend that book. So it's called The Investor's Anthology. I think it's by Charles Ellis, uh, but I could be wrong. So that's my top five. So we've got the, the mindset involved, we've got the habits, and then we've got the actual stock uh, investment books. So we've got a bit of everything for you guys. Guys, the list that these guys gave is great. And I'm going to tell you something to all the viewers. I got all these books in PDF. How you can get them? Follow me. Follow Coventry University Investment Society on Instagram. Uh, follow also the channel Eternal A Agency. Eternal Sports Agency. Uh, give me a like. Uh, subscribe to my channel. Um, we have in PDF around 60 books. We have Zero to One. We have the book of Elon Musk. We have um, uh, the book of money. We have um, Atomic Habits as well. Um, we have all the Robert Kiyosaki books, all of them. We have uh, You Are About Us uh, from Jen Sincero. We have um, Seven, uh, what was it called? Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm -hmm. We have so we have like 60 books that are self-improvement, self-development, investing, um, how to change your habits. We have so many books. Guys, it's easy to get them. Just uh, email me or send me a message on Instagram. Show me that you follow the our social media and we'll get them to you. And thank you, Ashley, for giving us these amazing books 
Now I wanted to talk to you about something a bit different. What do you think, let's say, because there's a lot of like flow uh, trend with cryptocurrencies. Do you think it's good for beginners, cryptocurrencies? Or yeah? Personally, I, I I don't like cryptocurrencies, but it's something buried that is on trend with the, uh, with the app of the Bitcoin and everything. What do you think about cryptocurrencies? So I'm excited about their future. I think they are the future. I think they're going to become more prevalent as the years go by. Um, so as a as a sector as an industry i'm i'm happy you know i'm 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 enthusiastic about them however as an investment i'm not so sure um this is because they're uh because they are a, a currency they they're traded like regular currencies so they they go up and down based on market demand so you've seen it recently with the bitcoin price you know for the for recently it's been really You know, in the past, it's been really good, so it's gone up, but now it's gone down again. You know, so it's it's just a whole variety of factors that, that are at work here. So, I think the only way you should invest in cryptos, the same with anything, is if you know a fair amount about it. I think too many people get involved with things that they don't really know about, like enough about. Like so, so often they've just seen something and in, on Instagram or Facebook, and they're like, "Oh wow, bit you know this Bitcoin's going up. Maybe I should you know." Get, get involved or something like this. <laughs> this is such a mistake, you know, but it happens with a bit of everything, you know, social media is, is killing people. It's killing people's mm. like uh, financial, financial situation in such a way because sometimes they lead us to pretend to be rich. And when I mean pretend to be rich is like people try to fit it in by buying certain material stuff let's say clothes designer brands quick example they try to live a life to impress people but you know something i i don't never understood because you see the wealthiest people in the planet they have such an easy life they don't they don't flex money they don't buy luxuries they don't they don't just like they don't pretend to be rich And I'm not talking about like people with thousands or millions. I'm talking to billionaires. Mm. You never will find Warren Buffett wearing designer. You never will find Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg. So, so many people in that list. You never seen them with a, with a piece of jewelry. You, it's, you guys need to wake up and understand that rich people don't use money that way because they know money is a tool and they only buy things that will make them make more money because at the end you could buy the nicest hoodie or whatever clothes you like of the finest designer in the more in the in the moment you just lose money you don't need to make nothing from it you know mm -hmm. so i i just need to tell you guys be aware of that because whoever whoever you following that is telling you to have a lifestyle yeah, that you cannot afford Just stop following them. Try to find something else. This reminds me of uh, an interview I watched with um, Lee Ka-shing, who is Asia's richest man, and an interviewer from Bloomberg. They were doing like an interview. Yeah. And someone in the YouTube comments uh, found the watches that both p people were wearing. The interviewer was wearing a watch worth $50,000. Lee Ka-shing 
Asia's richest man was wearing a Casio watch that was powered by that recharged via sunlight, so he didn't have to change the battery, and it was worth about three nine five dollars. <laughs> you just can't, be- you cannot believe it, and and you're so right, you're so right. Um, I think once you get to a certain level of wealth, you can look wealthy. You can buy you, if you want to, if that's what you want to do. You can buy designer clothes, everything like that. But I think your viewers, whilst they're on the come up, and that includes me, that includes you, that includes every well, maybe not everybody watching, but your viewers generally, you have a choice. You can either uh, look wealthy, or you can be on your way to actually being wealthy. <laughs> You know, if, if you want to spend your money on, you know, these things that you mentioned, designer brands, nice watches, et cetera, et cetera, all the things you want to, you're talking about, you can look nice, nice on Instagram. You can get likes, you can get like uh, recognition, or you can actually use your money like Robert Kiyosaki says and actually invest in stocks, uh, invest in, you know, education, all this type of thing and be on your way to being wealthy. This is, this is, the, unfortunately, we're not at the stage where we can do both. Uh, so we have to make this choice. The problem, I, I think, is um, is uh, that, guys, it doesn't make sense that you're wearing uh, Alexander McQueen shoes, designer jeans, and a three or 400 pounds hoodie, and then your account, you have 500 or 1,000 pounds. It doesn't make sense. It, do, it doesn't make sense at, at all, guys. Okay. And, and, and you probably know this, but you're trying to impress that girl that, that you are going to date with, you're going to go on a date with, or you're going to impress the group of friends you are with. If you guys or girls, anyone that is listening, if you're in a group of people that they are not talking about self-improvement, about becoming someone in the upcoming years, in investment, investment, entrepreneurship, uh, you know, ways to get out of the rat race, ways of level up, you guys mm. are in the wrong circle. Mm. and you you won't get far from there you know you need to be with people that they're gonna make you better maybe not financially better but people that are telling you to spend half of your salary in designer clothes they they just don't care about you and you guys need to realize this Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, none of what we talk about today matters i think if if you're not in the right group if you're not in the right surroundings and um because you can try and do this stuff on your own, but if you've got no one to talk about it, no one to share ideas with, it just becomes a bit lonely and a bit boring. So I would, I would recommend if, if you like what you're hearing today and you want to start talking about business and entrepreneurship and other things, um, you know, find someone that you can talk about that with. Uh, Eugenio, I'm sure it would be very willing to be that friend, those of you that know him. Um, you know, find someone that you can go on a journey with in a way of, of you know, discovery and learning I think that's that's something that I would definitely, definitely recommend. We've been talking a lot about spending money and fake life status. Let's talk a bit about saving money. Um, mm. You are a business advisor and a financial advisor, so maybe you can give us some tips in order how to save money. Let's say, let, let's put a quick example so people understand. Okay, let's say I have £1,000 saved and I need... 10,000 pounds to get a mortgage. Let's say I, I need that for the deposit, for the, for the down payment. Could I make this 10,000, let's say in 18 months, having a regular job? What things would you do in order to get this money? What's, what saving tips could you give us? Okay. So 
I'm going to use the average salary of of someone that's our age. So I'm going to say about one thousand five hundred pounds a month. So if someone's making about twenty grand a year, a bit less than twenty grand a year, something like that. Because I know our viewership are mostly you know younger people like you and me. Yeah. Um. So if you're taxed at about uh, you're going to be taxed on £6,000 at 20%. So you're not going to take up too much for tax if you're making about 18, 20K. It's not going to be too bad. So if you're able to live cheaply, um, then you should be able to save a decent amount. You know, it's going to depend on your expenses and everything like that. But I think if you're, if you're strict with your expenses, you may be able to save up to about 700 maybe maximum 800 pounds a month um if you're living in a in a shared accommodation obviously everybody's situation is going to be different but i'm going to assume that someone's living in shared accommodation if they're a student and they're paying about maybe 400 so uh or if they're working in, in shared accommodation at this stage in their life so again it depends on everybody else uh, everybody's situation is going to be different so what i would my biggest 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 advice is if you're if you're on a lower income, you know at the minute, stop living like you're on a higher income. You know, so many people they uh, that you know that their phone contracts are you know ridiculously expensive, or you know they they want to live in like this really nice um, apartment, or they want like the really expensive rooms, or you know live like you're live like you're you know broke in a way you know, live like you're, you're broke and then you'll be able to save up the spare income a lot, lot quicker. That's number one is get your, you know, spending habits down as much as you can. Um, so for example, I, I'm, I've moved up a little bit now, but during my first two years at university, I literally lived in probably one of the cheapest rooms in Coventry. I paid about 230 a month um, plus, you know, plus bills which as far as I'm aware, there's not too many rooms that cheap. And, and yeah, it wasn't like the, it wasn't the Ritz, you know, it wasn't like, you know, a great place, but it was, it was fine. It was, it was big enough for me. Um, You know, the room was an okay size. Um, And I made that sacrifice. I could have afforded to maybe live in a, in a nicer room, in a bigger room, in a, in a better location or whatever. But I know that if I sacrifice that little bit now and I'm able to save up uh, some money to invest, it's going to be better off for me in the long run. So you have to really, in a way, give up a little bit today so that you can have more tomorrow. And I think a lot of people maybe aren't, aren't willing to do that. So that's, that's advice number one. Really think about your expenses and uh, where, where they're going. Advice number two is to actually track them. Track what you're spending your money on. So many people just don't do this. They just, uh, and to be honest, I didn't until quite recently. You, you know, you just bring out the card, you know, you pay, f- you, you're shopping, you, you buy something on eBay, you know, uh, bills, you know, da, 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 everything just goes out. But, and then you, you get to the end of the month and you're like, you know, where's it all gone? Like, what, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so what I started to do now is I don't do it every day because that, that takes a lot of effort, but every week I just have a, I take about 20 minutes and just go on my, my banking and see, okay, what did I spend money on this week? Um, you know, okay. Rent came out this day. Um, I bought some shopping this day. Um, earlier I bought mouse pads, you know, you know, stuff like that. Everything, everything that I spend money on will go in that, it will go in this book. 
I've got I've got a book, specific book for it, but you can use just a notepad, whatever. And then on I do it on a Sunday. So on this Sunday, you'll look back at the previous week and you'll be like, damn, I spent 60 pounds on Deliveroo this week or, um, you know, damn, I, I my food shop was like t- double what it normally is. You know, what, what was I spending it on? Um, you know, you'll, you'll just be able to, you'll be actually be able to see, okay, where is my money actually going? And that's the first step to having control of it, actually knowing where it's actually going and ending up. So that's a uh, tip number two, actually find out where your money's going. And you can do the same thing for income. You know, when, when did money come in? When did my student loan come in? When did, you know, whatever payments come in? And then tip number three, so this is like a bonus tip. This is like to get to the next level is this is something that I've started doing again fairly, fairly recently is to have different accounts for money that comes in and money that goes out. Because if they're the same, you know, as soon as payday comes, you're like, wow, I got like, in our example, 1,500 pounds in here. I've got a grand in here. Wow. Like, I can go to town. Like, you know, you're tapping your car. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, exactly, spot on. Uh, but and then obviously the spending increases. But if you have separate accounts, okay, you have to justify taking money out of your income account and putting it into your expense account. So, so you can actually budget yourself. Okay, I want. Say your budget is you want to spend a hundred pounds this week, for example. You know, it's like a, a light re- a, a light week. You don't have much rent to pay or anything. So you put £100 from your income account into your, set, into your spending account. And then you know you've got that limit this week. Okay, so, so my limit is £100. What am I going to spend? What am I going to use it on? Okay, £40 for my weekly shop, £10 for my Netflix subscription that comes out this month, um, £20 on uh, buying presents for, for you know, a mate's birthday, like you just get them something. So you actually know what's going to come out this week and you know how much money you need to put in for this week. And now I know it sounds like a big ordeal, but literally just on a Sunday night, the two tasks that I've given you should take about 45 minutes. Okay, what's coming out this week? That will take you about 15 minutes. Okay, and then send money into my uh, expenses account. That's about 15 minutes. And then maybe about 30 minutes max to see, okay, where's my money gone this week? 45 minutes a week, guys, and you're going to completely revolutionize your spending habits, your saving habits. Honestly, you do these three things and uh, the, the first thing we mentioned, and you're going to be onto a winner. So that's my tips. Guys, please don't pass the tips. Listen to them. Apply them your way. And please... I'm going to tell you a quick story about myself, guys. Um, I really... I, I like clothes as well i'm not a designer guy i don't uh, a designer guy i don't really care about whatever is the designer trend i buy normal stuff but i like to buy clothes i like to you know to treat myself a lot i remember the first time i arrived university i've never been good saving money never i'm still i'm i'm progressing on it but i'm not the best guy saving money but i learned some things through being in a situation or having zero money. So I spent my two first years at university on every payday buying clothes. Every payday buying clothes. I was working in McDonald's. I wasn't making a lot of money. I was getting maybe eight pounds per hour. I was maybe making every two weeks, 300 pounds, 
nearly 400 pounds. And I usually spend 100 pounds, 120 pounds in food, food in groceries. Um, I will spend easily 100 pounds in ASOS or whatever, or, or whatever, 150 pounds, even sometimes 200. So I was only keeping for myself for two weeks, 50 or 100 pounds, sometimes even less. Guys, don't make this mistake because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You could lose your job. You could be injured. Like maybe you could be crossing the street and or whatever, and you could have an accident and you don't know when you're going to see money again. And you don't realize about this uh, when maybe when we are our age, because we think, you know, you, we don't care about many things. We just live a bit wild. So, guys, um, track your money because money is a tool, guys. Mm. Money is a tool. Money is there in order to use it smartly, to make more money of your money, not to make less of your money. You have already government that is taking your tax. You have uh, expenses that you need to pay that you need to pay yes or yes, like rent, bills. Uh, try with the money you have a spur to keep it with you. Because I made the mistakes for two years, two years, and I, I, I didn't save nothing. 2018, 2019, mid, uh, beginning 2020, I didn't have no money saved, literally no money saved. And I was working sometimes very hard and I just saw my money on uh, like hooked in my, in my drawer, my clothes or my shoes. This is not the, the way of doing the things guys. you need to, the only good investment, the only good investment, if it's not to make more money is in yourself. And when I mean in yourself, it's like, maybe you want to study a course of something. Maybe you want to go, let's say, for a therapist or you want to, let's say, investing in yourself, but something that you will invest and you will get a benefit of it. Clothes are not a benefit. Eating out is not a benefit. All these kind of things are not making you go into a higher level, won't make you go into a higher level. They will make you go anywhere. You are going, you're going back doing these kind of things. And... <laughs> What to say about this? Use your money wisely, guy. Money is a tool. Mm -hmm. And it's what you can do with it. You know, you can give back. You can, you can, that's the thing. It, it, in itself, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's useless, but it's a tool. Like you said, if you want to start a foundation someday, you want to buy a, yourself a nice house, you want to, you know, send your kids to good schools, you know, all, all of these things are, are from, from money. And the earlier you realize that and the more seriously you know, you, 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 take, take your good financial habits and use them. You're setting yourself up for a really good life. And it, as you said, it doesn't take long guys. If you understand where your, where your money is coming from and where your money is going, you could save, you can save a lot of headaches guys. You know, you guys don't want to see yourselves being short on, on, on the money for the rent. You guys don't want to don't want to see yourself in a position that you cannot you cannot go to to the supermarket and buy the things you want. You can you guys don't want to see in that position because I seen myself in that position few times. You know, working and you know and hustling and then you see your account. Where is the money? Ha where the money has gone? That's why you guys 
you don't need to do a course. You don't need to like read 25 books. You only need to have a, li a little interest in how in finan financial management. You don't need to be an expert. You, you can read one, two books, watch some videos, and you'll be all right to manage your money. I'm not making, I'm not telling you that you will make a lot of money, but unless you will understand what to do with your money. And this is so important, guys. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Nice one. So now, many people have told me, oh, could you speak with Ashley about the rat race? And I'm talking a, a bit about the rat race, you know, but let's bring the conversation up. Let's talk a bit about the rat race because some people may know what it is. Some people might not understand it, but we know what it is. So let's talk about it a bit. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so the, the rat race is, Kiyosaki says it a lot. He uses it a lot. Uh, so it's, it's the, it's the, it's the, the cycle that I would say quite a lot of, the population get into um it's when you you rack you rack up a load of expenses um so things like mortgages things like uh just bills car payments all of the things that you guys can think of so that means that you need uh your income from your job to pay off these expenses and so it's just a never-ending cycle because you've got the high expenses you need the job um And so you can't actually leave the job because you've got the high expenses. Um, and then this cycle just continues for 40, 50 years, and then you retire with your, with your pension. So th this is it's called a rat race because there's no, you know, there's no escape. You're just, you're like a, you're like a rat really, like, you know, like on a spinning wheel, just going round and round and round. Um, and that's what Kiyosaki uses for his, his cash flow games. So to get out of that, Uh, you need to take his advice. You need to lower your expenses as much as you can, like we've been talking about today. Uh, obviously, earn as much money as you can. That'd be nice, you know, to get a, a high-paying job. And then the difference, you invest. So the difference between your income and your expenses, no matter what that is, you invest. And if you do that over time, you'll be able to escape the rat race because you would have invested in stocks and property. And eventually, your assets will bring you as much money as your job does so you don't have to work anymore. So this is my my aim and this is way, the way I'm looking at things. I want to keep my expenses as low as possible. Um, you know, I don't care if I have to get a car, you know, a little bit later than my friends um, that do because I know that I'm going to be paying, what, what for a first-time driver in insurance, like two grand a year plus however much for a, you know, uh, to buy the car as well and then the tax and then, you know, to sort out the tire, you know, whatever problems might go wrong with it, whatever, whatever. Um, so it, it's all, but I know that if I'm able to do that for, you know, just a few years, you use the money that I would have spent on that car, which could be what, like 10 grand in three years, you know, spend on a, spend on a, a car three, four years, um, uh, you know, and then use that money to, to invest. So that's how, that's how I'm planning to escape the rat race. Just keep my expenses as low as I can until I've built up enough assets, enough income from my assets. Uh, so then I, I can do what I want with my life and be able to, to uh, live it in, in my way. Guys, 
I'm telling you, for escaping the escaping the rat race, you only need to want it. It's it's not it's not that hard. If you don't like stocks, you have real estate. If you don't like real estate, you have uh, bending machines, uh, business ideas. Mm. It's so many oppor- different opportunities, guys. Because I know many people will say, "Well, I don't trust the stocks," you know, because can go up uh, up or down. Um, well, mm, the money for a for a house mortgage is maybe too much, guys. There's so many opportunities out there. And I'm telling you guys, if you are not making income while you sleep or while you are not working, you will never escape the rat race. Mm. And the sooner you realize this, the sooner you'll be able to get away from it. Because as I told you, till one year ago, I was spending 60% of my money, 70 in in nonsense stuff, stuff that I don't even use today or that I don't even know where it is. So it's a lot about understanding your situation, creating a plan, because it doesn't matter how how much you wish something unless you start putting a strategy or a plan down. And there is a very famous quote of uh, Warren Buffett mm-hmm. that he says, um, an idiot with a plan can beat a, a genius without uh, without one. Is it the quote like that? Correct me if I'm wrong, because you know about more about Warren than me. Mm, no, no, that sounds right, yeah. Okay, so, guys, as we've been talking today, it's always up to you. It's up, up to whatever your standards, whatever the life you want to live. In the next 10, 15 years, where do you want to be? How do you want to live? You know, it's not pretending to have the nice lifestyle now. It's better to have like a low-profile lifestyle now. Not many people will know about you, but then in 10 years, 15 years, when you meet people that you used to hang, uh, hang out with them and they tell you, oh, so what are you doing now? Well, I have my own business. I do I do this. I do that. I'm almost like involved a bit with the stocks. I have my own portfolio. Uh, you know, I have some real estate on my name. You know, I'm just moving forward a bit. And you feel so great because that's what how I, how I imagine myself. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, I think uh, I want to make the point that a side hustle in today's day and age is necessary. It's not just an option at this point, I, I don't think. Yeah, Specifically for our generation, it's 100% necessary. And like you said, if, if stocks don't interest you like they do me, that's fine. If real estate doesn't interest you, that's fine. Um, you can sell clothes you know, on, on Depop. You can... Um, start a Amazon FBA business, you know, online, like a small part-time online business. There's so much you can do now, thanks to the internet. Um, whatever piques your interest, it's just, I, I'm lucky that stocks interest me, but I would just find something that genuinely interests um, interests you. And speaking of side hustles, I wanted to relate this to sport. So I, I want to talk, I want to tell you a tale of two footballers um, that played, f- had a similar career at the same kind of, level and during the same kind of time periods, but they ended up in very different financial situations because one of them had a side hustle and one of them just racked up a lot of debt. So 
footballer number one is Robbie Fowler. He played professional football from 1993 to 2012, mostly from Liv- for Liverpool. Um, was one of their top scorers. And in 2005, he was rated as one of the thousand wealthiest British people. And this is because he had used his earnings from football to invest in property. It's estimated at one point he had well over 80, you know, good quality houses around Merseyside, like expensive, uh, expensive houses that he would rent out for quite a good rent. So, and his net worth in 2012 was estimated at 31 million pounds, which is amazing because he had this side hustle of property while he was playing football. Um, now on the flip side, a very famous goalkeeper called David James, who played professional footballer from 1988 to 2014. Now, he was declared bankrupt in 2014 when he, when he finished his career, despite the fact that he earned over £20 million during his footballing career. So probably a similar amount to Robbie Fowler. It's just that Robbie Fowler chose to invest his money into property and not to rack up debts like David James did because he, he wasn't able to pay his debts so he had to declare himself bankrupt. So it's crazy, you know, had these two footballers that played at a similar time, at a similar level, both played for England, um, you know, represented their country, rep- played in the Premier League, all this stuff. But one of them ends up with a net worth of 31 million and one ends up bankrupt just because one of them, what they just chose to do with their money. And, you know, viewers and listeners, you know, they have the same choice. I'm very glad that you bring that up because that, that leads us now into a bit of a sporty conversation. Mm. Um, there is there is a uh, statistic out there. 65% of the athletes, professional athletes, millionaires, go bankrupt. Why this is happening, guys? First, they don't have financial knowledge. It's okay. Not everyone has it. But it's very easy to pick up a book or just read online, whatever you prefer. Or if you are not bothered, hire someone that could put your money to work for you. This is the the mistake number one. The second mistake is that 85% of professional athletes spend their, their first paycheck in luxury stuff. I'm tired of seeing NBA players, NFL players, footballers, uh, boxers, tennis players, you know, sports that people make a lot of money because there's many sports and people don't make an actual big living. But in these like elite sports. So you get a paycheck for, let's say, for the month or for the year and you go and buy for four cars, like one Lamborghini, one Ferrari, one this, one that, you know, I'm just wondering, like, it doesn't make sense, guys. Like, imagine the amount of money you don't know. You can get injured and that's what uh, you can get injured and your career, your career can't finish anytime. That's why one of the aims of my agency is to help athletes to keep their wealth in a long term because it they don't realize it's very difficult to having a a, st- a lifestyle 
and then change it dramatically because these athletes they live in a in a in a in a high salary situation during 10 15 years and they don't really care about money because they know well I'm going to get my pay, my million paycheck or my thousand of thousands pay, paycheck next month so they don't realize about it and there is so many like big names that went bankrupt Mike Tyson Allen Iverson the <sighs> So many NBA players that went bankrupt. So many baseball players, footballers that went bankrupt because they didn't know how to manage their money. Financial education is key for everyone. It doesn't matter the level you want to acquire. Like it doesn't matter a basic level, an intermediate level, a high level. It doesn't matter. But you need to know how to manage your money. If not, you're gonna lose it. It's it's simple. If you don't know how to, let's say, how to. Take care of an animal; the animal will die because you are not taking care of it. It's simple as that. So, Ashley, I want to ask you because you are an, a financial advisor. If you have an athlete right now, let's say a young athlete, he signs with a club, and he's starting to get the first good money he's ever done. What will you do with him? Firstly, I'd make it clear that just because you have a high income, and this goes for anyone, just because you have a high income doesn't mean you're rich. Doesn't mean you're rich. Okay, it's it's all about what you actually own that determines whether you're rich. That's why, uh, you know, there's a difference between a millionaire and someone that's you know earning you know less than that. It's, they're called a millionaire because they have they actually have the million. You know they're not spending it as soon as it comes in, so that's the first thing I would make clear. And and it's the same for you guys. Just because you're making or you think like I'm making a good income, doesn't mean you're rich yet. It it, it depends on what you do with that money, as we've been talking about, putting it into the right things like stocks and property. And and as we saw with Robbie Fowler, because he was using that high income to to invest in property rather than you know rack up debts. Um, that's why he was successful. So that's the main thing I would do. The second thing I would do is is introduce some of these good spending and saving habits, you know, correct habits that we've been talking about today. Um, you know, because you have a high income, maybe you are allowed to have a bit more expenses than uh, someone who's, uh, you know, not earning so much. You know, I'm not saying that you have to. I'm not encouraging you guys to just be completely strict and you know not spend any money and you know not enjoy yourselves. That's not what you know it's about at all. Obviously, you've got to enjoy yourself and have some free time and use your money for nice things. Uh, and obviously, professional athletes can maybe do that a little bit more than uh, than than others. So that's another thing I would make clear as well. So I'm, I would I would say to them, you know, I'm not here to to you know stop you having fun or you know these type of things. Obviously, I want you to enjoy your success, but it's what comes after this success is over, because the the career of an athlete is. In, in the world of football, maybe 15 years if you're if you're if you're really lucky, really lucky, and you're able to play from, you know, maybe 18 to to you know mid 30s professionally, which is tiny. If 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 a university student leaves university with a decent degree at say 21, they can work using that knowledge for maybe 50 years until they're 70, or, you know, when they want to retire. So you have to think about you've got a career that lasts a third left less than everybody else. So what are you going to do with that afterwards? So that's something I would I would let them know as well. It's just to think about 
you know, I know you're at the start of the career now, but eventually it's going to end and you want to have something there when that income stops uh, and then develop these good spending habits and saving habits. And then number three, I would have a little chat to them about investing. And it's the same way I would chat to you guys, new listeners, just to introduce it to you. Like I spoke to you about today, about the psychology behind it, about you have to, um, you know, think about things in the right way. And what I would also make clear, and those of you that are listening that are athletes, is you guys can be absolutely fantastic business people. You have all the, the, the makings of being a fantastic entrepreneur because of your experience with sport and, and your experience of being an athlete. Think about it already. We spoke about atomic habits. Those of you that are properly training as athletes, you probably already have better habits than most people. You know, you're the guys that are getting up early. You're going to the gym. You're working out. You're training, you know, long hours. And if you want to be a good business, pe- business person, guess what? Exactly the same get up early, you know, work hard, long hours, do extra things, you know, that you're not told to do, go the extra mile. Uh, so that's the final piece of advice. I, and that I would say to you guys, if, if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur one day, or even today is like a side hustle, you guys are, are made for it. You know, it's, 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 it's there to, to be taken for you guys uh, because you've got the right habits, the right knowledge, the right determination and drive. That's something we spoke about drive to, to win, succeed. Um, that comes about naturally when you do sports. That's a really fantastic thing. You know something, if I was a professional athlete, you'll probably be my financial advisor, you know? I'll probably hire you, you know? But guys, of course, um, professional athletes make a bigger income than regular people, but the same rules apply to everyone. Is the same rules. They can get the million pound house, but you can get the 200,000 one by using the same, the same, the same way of working. And when I mean the way of working, I mean applying the same strategy. There's regular people that have a better life long-term than professional athletes because they've been smart since day one. Um, some athletes realize in, in, in day 5,000. So they had um, a great career. They spend all their money in whatever they want. And then they are about to retire and they realize, uh, what do I do now? I just, I can't, I don't have money to keep up my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I don't have money to live for the rest of the life. Cause you know, guys, um, being 34, 35, you're still very young. You're, you're so young. I mean, uh, 35 years old is, is not even half of the, it's not even a 50% of your life. It's maybe a 40% or even a, I will say a 39 cause the people normally now, the life expectancy is between 80 and 85. So that's like a third of your life. So you still have two thirds to go. How you want to spend that? That's something that athletes need to think more. There's great advisors out there. There's many athletes that found the right advisor and they made a ton, a lot of money. Quick example, Kobe Bryant, um, he invested 8 million in an energy drink company that their value today is around 350 million. 
he made around $200 million for just investing $8 million. So he's, he, with one good deal, he has, he, well, you know, guys, he passed away, but he has sought his family and the future generation just because he made a smart deal because he knew there was an opportunity there. So all the time you guys have an opportunity or have like a way to make more money legally that will make you have a better life long-term, just always take it. Know your opportunities. So we're going to make Ashley the last question of the night. And Ashley, I want, I want us to tell you, should people be scared of failure? Well, uh, well, I failed. I had failed investments very, you know, very bad, you know, failed investments early in my career. Um, but as we were saying earlier, it's about making your own mistakes, failing, and but failing forward. You know, that Les Brown's got this, got this, um, famous you know, phrase, you know, if I get knocked down, you know, I better land on my back because at least I can get, you know, straight back up again. <laughs> and uh, so that's really true. And it's the same with uh, in investments. So I'll speak about a couple of bad investments I had. And uh, number one was in a, an energy company that operated in Africa. It was going out of business Um but I was very naive and, and young. It was very early in my investing career. And I thought, well, they're going to bounce back. I saw some signs where, okay, maybe they'll bounce back because, you know, some agreements can be made, some things can be, some deals can be done. Um, but they didn't bounce back. And I lost about 1,500 pounds. Um, same, another, another thing happened again, where I invested in a, a company in China um, on the London Stock Exchange and one day the company just vanished. I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> the company just vanished. <laughs> and in a country like um, China, uh, it's quite easy to vanish, you know, <laughs> over a billion people. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it, it just happened, even though they were on, on a stock exchange and, you know, I thought everything was official, everything looked correct. The company just <laughs> absolutely vanished. Um, and again, I lost o- over a thousand pounds from that. So, it would have been very easy for me at that point to say, do you know what? F this investing game, you know, I'm done. I'm out. Drop mic, you know, <laughs> game over. Yeah. Um, but I knew, you know, where I'd made mistakes and you learn from them. Okay. Mistake number one was investing in that company that was clearly going out of business, but I, I somehow thought they would turn it around. Big mistake. Um, and I learned from that company. Number two, um, I, I wouldn't say not invest in China. Just be careful about, you know, investing in China. Be aware that there's different stuff going on there that isn't the case in the UK if you invest or in the US, for example. But so instead of, you know, giving up, I just learned from these lessons and then, you know, went to make on some, some good investments and that made a lot, um, you know, where, where I didn't give, if I had given up, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> So I think I think I would go so far as to say failure is necessary for a successful life. Failure is ne- if you're not failing, you're not you're not trying at anything. 
you know, you're not, you're not having a go at anything. You're just kind of existing, just going through the motions. It's the same in sport. You know, you're not really, if you're not failing every so often and actually learning from mistakes, learning, you know, in football, um, you know, you miss that penalty. What went wrong? Um, you know, you didn't make that save as a, if you're a goalkeeper. What went wrong? You lost that game. What went wrong? You know, if you're not failing and you're not learning from these failures and these mistakes, um, you're not, you're not improving. So I, I don't think you should be scared of failures. I think you should, um, you know, acknowledge failures and, yeah. and, 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 and learn from them and, and just improve for next time. Every failure is, is only a failure if you didn't learn anything. If you learn something um, from your failure, it's not a failure because then the next time you go and do that action, the next time you try this, this project or this business or this investment, then you've, you've made a gain. Guys, it's part of the process. You cannot avoid it. You cannot skip it. You need to fail because failure gives, gives you power to understand and to progress. Because if, if you don't fail, how are you going to know what, how, how are you going to know what, what is to get to that level? And when I, and when I talk about how you're going to know to get to that level is, you know, when you fail, you understand different parts of the process. And that means you understand better what you're doing and you know what kind of things could go wrong. And that allows you to progress faster afterwards because, you know, you understand, okay, you always need to analyze your mistakes because at the end, the mistakes, people don't take them this way, but mistakes are what it are the step forward to success. Because you you already been beat down. You're, you're already down. What else, what, what else could go wrong? You already failed. So now use what you learn and, and move forward with it. And that's, that's more or less the secret, guys. And I also wanted to tell you, Ashley, what is, what is the best piece of advice you could give to all the viewers that we have in today? Okay. Now I'm under no illusions that perhaps most people that watch this video will, and I wish it wasn't that way, will watch it, think it's a nice video and just do nothing. You know, they, they like what they've heard today. It's, there's some good advice, um, but they're, they're just not going to do anything with it. Please, please, please. If you're watching this, do something that we've spoken about today whether it's what we've just been talking about, trying something and maybe failing about it, failing with it, whether it's tracking your expenses just once a week, uh, whether it's actually trying to find what your side hustle is going to be, just thinking about it, you know, is it going to be investing, real estate, uh, business, whatever. Um, go and read one of the books we suggested, especially Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if you haven't already. Um, think about your social media and about how it's influencing you. Is it, is it good? Do you know, uh, are you, ha are you having like good influences on your Instagram and your Facebook that are building you up or are they bringing you down? Just take away just at least one thing that we've spoken about today and just apply it. And, and if you do that, that'll mean that, you know, us uh, doing this podcast would have been worth, worthwhile. Man, uh, uh, thank you for 
all the knowledge and wise information you've been giving us during this hour is being great. I know pe- I'm not hoping because I know people will love it. And uh, for you guys, um, it applies also to Ashley and me because we are like we are like regular people. We haven't get to our aim or to our or where we want to be yet. Mm-hmm. I said again, we haven't get there yet. But you know, you need to patience is the master of all lords as well. So you need to be patient and understand, guys, that no matter how much you try things, everything takes time. You know, people are get get to a professional level in a sport after practice practicing it for how many? 10, 12, 15 years. That's when people get to be professional. Same as in business. You won't, you won't be a good business guy unless you've been bankrupt, you have wrong experiences, you've been in the industry and in the market for long. And there is a such a nice quote out there. It takes 10,000 hours to be good at something. You guys know how many 10,000 hours is? I, I don't even know the days, but it's a lot. 10,000 hours. So imagine how many hours you need to do something or practice something to become good at it. Plus, you will have failure. You have you will feel bad and that will make you go slower sometimes. But it should push you. It shouldn't, it shouldn't make you feel like you're not doing the right thing. If you falling and failing is because you're going in some Ooh. positive direction. So guys, it's been great today. Uh, today is uh, 4th of February. That's why we were in pink. So, uh, it is a uh, world cancer day. We supporting all the cancer victims. I have some people in my family that are cancer. So, you know, hopefully one day we can win this battle. Guys, thank you very much for watching the video. As I told you, if you want to have um, any of the books that we've been mentioning, I have them all in PDF. You just need to follow my channel, subscribe, and just uh, text me. I will pass the, videos, uh, the, the books to you. One more time, thank you, my guy, Ashley Carr. You are great. You are amazing. Thank you for b- being here today. Uh, guys, um, I will probably also leave uh, Ashley's. He doesn't have Instagram. He has Facebook. If you want to, let's say, talk about investing with him or maybe talk with him about some business idea, he is the man. So please don't hesitate in contacting him. He probably will give you a really nice advice. And that's it. Thank you for today, guys. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Been very, very good. And if I can help anyone, please just reach out on Facebook or LinkedIn. We'll put it in the description.